All right. This one's important. I've been thinking about this for a little bit. And um, we haven't talked about it in a while for various reasons. However, today I feel the need that um, we must revisit the Azov Battalion. For those of you who are not familiar with the Azov Battalion, Wikipedia will help us. The Azov Assault Brigade was a formation of the National Guard of Ukraine, formerly based in Mariupol in the coastal region of the Sea of Azov, from which it derives its name. It was founded in May 2014 as the Azov Battalion, a volunteer paramilitary militia under the command of Andriy Belitsky to fight pro-Russian forces in the war in Donbass. Okay, so um, why are we talking about the Azov Battalion or what is now known as the Azov Assault Brigade? Um, um, well, to sum it up, um, because it's hard to know exactly where we stand, not only in reality, but uh, more concretely in terms of the amount of Nazi, or should we say neo-Nazi influence that um, pervades the Azov Battalion or the Azov Assault Brigade. Um, this is this is the question. Um, this is a question that has been bothering me for a long time, as many of you know, especially with the cavalier attitude that this battalion, this brigade, has been dealt with by, let's just say, the media, or we can just say, you know, the general public. Um, we have had, on various occasions, the, the term Azov Battalion, Azov Brigade, a fighter from the Azov Brigade, a fighter from the Azov Battalion. Uh, I mean, this has just appeared as almost a side note um, in various articles during this war um, between Ukraine and Russia. And in my opinion, not enough time has been spent on, you know, who exactly is the Azov Battalion, the Azov Assault Brigade, and, you know, what, um, what do they stand for? And let's just... Um, um try to understand a little bit of this um because um you know wikipedia will tell us here that the unit has drawn controversy over its early and allegedly continuing association with far-right groups and neo-nazi ideology its use of controversial symbols linked nazism and early allegations that members of the unit participated in torture and war crimes 
Some experts have been critical of the regiment's role within the larger Azov movement, a political umbrella group made up of veterans and organizations linked to Azov and its possible far-right political ambitions, despite claims of the regiment's depolitization. Others argue that the regiment has evolved beyond its origins as street militia, tempering its neo-Nazi and far-right underpinnings as it became part of the National Guard. Since 2014, criticism of the Azov Regiment has been a reoccurring theme of Russian propaganda, and the unit has been designated a terrorist group by Russia since August 2022. Okay, so you see what the dilemma is here, I hope, that it is hard to know where um, Russian propaganda begins where reality begins and um you know what the facts are it's just the the real issue here of what we're dealing with um and you know are they in fact neo-nazis there seems to be you know um a case made for um for both sides the case, um, the Azov Battalion has been described as a far-right militia with connections to neo-Nazism and members wearing neo-Nazi and SS symbols and regalia and expressing neo-Nazi views. The unit's insignia features the Wolf's Angel, or a mirrored ver- variation of it, a Germanic heraldic charge inspired by historic wolf traps adopted by the Nazi party and by the Wichmart and uh, SS units. Its insignia also used to feature the Black Sun, both of which remain two popular neo-Nazi symbols. Azov soldiers have worn fascist or Nazi-associated symbols on their uniforms, including swastikas and SS symbols. In 2014, the German ZDF television network showed images of Azov fighters wearing helmets with swastika symbols at the ruins of Hitler's infamous black uniformed elite corps. In 2015, Marcin Ogdwiski, a Polish war correspondent, gained access to one of Azov's bases located in the former holiday resort Mazur. Azov fighters showed him Nazi tattoos as well as Nazi emblems on their uniforms. According to political scientist Kasper Reichwick, an intention behind the use of such symbols during the war in Donbass, especially in 2014, was to intimidate, annoy, and provoke the Russians. The Reporting Radicalism Initiative from Freedom House notes the accidental use of this symbol or its use without an understanding of its connotations, for example, as a talisman, is rare, and in Ukraine, the use of a wolf's angel as a heroic symbol or a traditional talisman would be uncharacteristic. Members of the unit have stated that the inverted wolf's angel, rather than connected to Nazism, represents the Ukrainian words for United Nation or National Idea. This symbol has been historically used by far-right Ukrainian organizations. It was first used in 1991 by the Social National Party of Ukraine. Until 2003, when the party purged their neo-Nazi and other extremist elements, rebranded itself into Zvoboda, abandoning the symbol. It was used by the Patriot of Ukraine organization, many of whose members joined Azov in 2014. From 2003 to 2014, and the related Social National Assembly Party in 2014, both movements which claim to continue the legacy of the original Social National Party. It was also used by the minor party, Ukrainian National Union, in 2009. 
Andreas Umland, a scholar from the Stockholm Center for Eastern European Studies, told Deutsch Well that though it had far-right connotations, the wolf's angel was not considered a fascist symbol by population in Ukraine. In 2022, political scientist Ivan Gomza wrote in Kertirke that the symbolism of the regiment has had become associated with a successful fighting unit that protects Ukraine and wrote that other connotations are lost on most people in Ukraine. The Guardian reported in 2014 that many of Azov's members have links with neo-Nazi groups and even those who laughed off the idea that they are neo-Nazis did not give the most convincing denials, citing swastika tattoos among the fighters and one who claimed to be a national socialist. In March 2015, Andriy Diachenko, a spokesman for the Azov Regiment, told USA Today that only 10% to 20% of the unit's members are Nazis. Only 10 to 20%. And that this is their personal ideology, not the official ideology of the unit. One commander attributed neo-Nazi ideology to misguided youth. According to the Daily Beast, some of the unit's members are neo-Nazis or white supremacists and abod, or excuse me, avowed anti-Semites. And in 2017, numerous swastika tattoos of different members and their tendency to go into battle with swastikas or SS insignias drawn on their helmets make it very difficult for other members of the group to plausibly deny any neo-Nazi affiliations. Ukrainian affairs writer Lev Golinkin wrote in The Nation in 2019 that post-Maidan, Ukraine is the world's only nation to have a neo-Nazi formation in its armed forces. Bellingcat, an investigative journalist group, has traced ties between the Azov movement and American white supremacist groups. Michael Colborn of Bellingcat, writing in Foreign Policy in 2019, called the Azov movement a dangerous neo-Nazi-friendly extremist movement with global ambitions, citing similarities between the group's ideology and symbolism and that of the 2019 Christchurch mosque shooter, along with efforts by the group to recruit American right-wing extremists. In 2020, Atlantic Council article Bellingcat's Oleski Menko wrote the far right in general significantly damaged Ukraine's international reputation, creating a vulnerability to hostile narratives that exaggerate its role. Since 2017, the official position of the Ukrainian government is that the unit has depoliticized itself. The then Minister of Internal Affairs, Arsen Avakov, claimed that the shameful information campaign about the alleged spread of Nazi ideology among Azov members is a deliberate attempt to discredit the Azov unit and the National Guard of Ukraine. In March 2022, in an open letter to Russia published through Russian journalist Alexander Nevrov, Azov Regiment strongly denounced allegations of its neo-Nazi orientation, defining Nazism as a tireless need to exterminate those who dare to be free, and noting that the regiment incorporated people of many ethnicities and religions, including Ukrainians, Russians, Jews, Muslims, Greeks, Georgians, Crimean Tartars, and Belarusians. According to the letter, Nazism as well as Stalinism were despised by the regiment since Ukraine greatly suffered from both. Some commentators concur that the unit has depoliticized. A 2015 Reuters report noted that after the unit's inclusion in the National Guard and receipt of heavier equipment, Andrei Velitsky toned down his usual rhetoric, while most of the extremist leadership had left to focus on political careers in the National Corps Party or the Azov Civil Corps. An article published by Foreign Affairs 2017 argued that the unit was relatively depoliticized and de-radicalized after it was brought into the fold of the National Guard of Ukraine. 
the government started a process with the objective of ferreting out neo-Nazis and foreign fighters with background checks, observations during training, and a law requiring all fighters to accept Ukrainian citizenship. A former USAID integration, excuse me, former USAID integration to the National Guard, a number of experts and commentators have, have stated that the radical right-wing ideology associated with the battalion has become more marginal or that it does not make sense to describe it as a neo-Nazi regiment. Okay. In February 2020, the Atlantic Council published an article by Anton Shevchov, a scholar of right-wing extremism in Europe and expert on Russia's connections to Europe's far right. Shevchov argued that Azov should not be designated a foreign terrorist organization for reasons including that it was a regiment of the Ukrainian National Guard and therefore was part of official structures and followed orders given by the Interior Ministry and that some claimed extremist links to Brenton Tyrant, the Rise Above movement, and American right-wing terrorists in general were poorly evidenced. He also told the Financial Times that although it was originally formed by leadership of a neo-Nazi group, it is certain that Azov the battalion has depoliticized itself. Its history linked to the far-right movement is pretty irrelevant today. In 2020, article on the Atlanta Council's website, however, Olives Kumenko of Bellingcat argued that the regiment has failed in its alleged attempts to depoliticize. Chef Estevich, writing in the Euro Made in Press in 2022, reiterated his view that the Azov regiment has become largely depoliticized and has lost most, most of its neo Nazi and far right views, describing it as a highly professional detachment for specific operations, neither a political organization nor a militia nor a far right battalion. Following the start of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the Washington Post painted a picture of a group aware of its origins and still with a far-right adherent commander and some extremist members, but much changed from its origins. Many recruits joining the regiment are well aware of its past and join up for various reasons, including Ozov's positive reputation for training new recruits. While extremist elements remain, it is less driven by ideology than it was at its formation, and the chief motivation now is patriotism and anger at Russian provocations in the attack on Ukraine. People come from all over the world driven by outrage against Putin and not because of a particular ideology. Michael Corbin wrote in 2020 that he wouldn't call the Azov movement explicitly a neo-Nazi movement, although there are clearly neo-Nazis within its ranks. In a similar vein, Andreas Umland said in 2022 that in 2014, this battalion had indeed a far-right background. There were far-right racists that founded the battalion, but it had since become de-ideologized in a regular fighting unit. Its recruits now join not because of ideology, but because it has the reputation the reputation of being a particularly tough fighting unit, Umland said. By airship... Leif Chevet, another leading expert on the far right, writing for a blog called The Ukrainian Review, stated in May 2022 that there are no grounds for describing Azov as a neo-Nazi unit, underlining that by the end of 2014, most far-right fighters left the regiment. The rest of the right-wing radicals who openly articulated their views were deliberately cleansed by the new regiment command in 2017, and that several Jewish members, including one Israeli citizen, are currently serving in the regiment. In an interview with the Kiev Independent, Ilya Saimolenko, an Azov officer, stated that while he acknowledged the regiment's obscure past, he and other members had chosen to leave the past behind when they integrated with the mainstream Ukrainian military. 
Similarly, in an interview with the Israeli newspaper, Heretzu, as of deputy commander, Zvistivli Palomar denied the regiment being a neo-Nazi formation and said, what is Nazism? When someone thinks that one nation is that one when someone thinks that one nation is superior to another nation, when someone thinks he has a right to invade another country and destroy its inhabitants, we believe in our country's territorial integrity. We have never attacked anyone, and we have not wanted to do that. In April 2022, Israeli historian Nazi hunter Ephraim Zurov dismissed the claims that allegations made against Azov Regiment are part of a Russian disinformation. He explained in an interview with the Ottawa Citizen, it's not Russian propaganda. Far from it. These people are neo-Nazis. There is an element of the ultra-right in Ukraine, and it's absurd to ignore it. In June 2022, Colburn told, told Haretz that the battalion has gone through changes of years. After the first few years that the battalion was founded, only a small minority had far-right connections. He noted that today these numbers are even smaller, and that the use of neo-Nazi symbols among its members has been reduced greatly. In February 2022, the Ukrainian National Guard released a video appearing to show an Azov fighter greasing bullets and pig fat to be used against the Kadrovites, the forces of Ramzan Kaduvu, since Chechens are, are often Muslim and poor consumption is forbidden by Islamic law. This followed the announcement from uh, Kaduv of their deployment in Ukraine and displays of their combat readiness. Um. And the founder of the battalion, Andrew Bilitsky, said in 2010 that the Ukrainian nation's mission is to lead the white races of the world in a final crusade against Semite-led intervention. According to the Freedom House Initiative reporting, radicalism said Bilitsky stopped making anti-Semitic statements after February 2014, but it said anti-Semitism is sometimes manifested at the local level of his political party. Yeah, see, so, you know, this is the question, you know, is the Azov Battalion a neo-Nazi battalion? Or has it become depoliticized and is it now simply a professional um, wing of the Ukrainian armed forces? And then the question then becomes, where do we stand? on this issue where do we stand on the war of uh, you know between ukraine and russia and how do we know for certain without being there on the ground we do know that russia that russia invaded ukraine this we know however do we know for a fact what the root causes for this invasion were. What were the incentives? Is there any truth to the idea of NATO expansion provoking Russia? Were there red lines drawn years ago and did someone cross those lines? And if so, does this change the fact that uh, innocents, in innocent lives are being lost? And therefore, where do we stand?
So this is what uh, you know we're dealing with here today. Um, what um, you know, I'm struggling to you know come to terms with, um, specifically with um, the Azov Battalion or the Azov Assault Brigade, because you know one cannot hold it, it against anyone if we're defending their country, um, you know, defending their homeland. It's absolutely understandable. So the question is, where does that blur into overt neo-Nazi? And, um, and what, um, what do we make of this? This is just things that we're dealing with here today on you know, it's Wednesday, June seventh, two thousand twenty-three, and um, I don't have, I don't have a clue here, here, here. Um, I do know though that um, there do seem to be signs that it has perhaps depoliticized, at least to an extent. My guess is that. It was founded with a much more neo-Nazi ideology, and there probably still exists, you know, a, a significant portion that is a neo-Nazi adherence. Uh, however, it has probably been. Um, Um, you know, uh, given way to the um, the um, the current you know situation of defending the Ukrainian homeland against this invasion invading force that probably is the uh, the dominant narrative and probably the the dominant reason why people fight in the in the battalion um whether it, that is the only reason um there's no way to tell I'm, i mean i may i might be completely off on this guess and it may be still a uh, a uh, a proudly uh neo-nazi uh, battalion i don't know i've never been to ukraine uh, so um you know this is the this is part of the problem i mean what do we know i mean even that amount that um, you know, we just uh, found out, um, that's, I mean, that could all be lies or it could all be, you know, absolutely true. So in this, you know, the, the waters are definitely muddy here. However, I do think that it is important to, um, you know, to reassess our understanding of the Azov Battalion. Um, because times do change, people change, you know, people grow, people evolve, life goes on. So, you know, an organization that starts one way doesn't necessarily end another. And, um, I just think that it is important to uh, think about these things. Um, and, um, and yeah, so I hope you're having a fantastic <clears throat> Wednesday.
wherever you are and um you know let's just keep on thinking about these things and try to understand um you know if there are any azov uh battalion fighters listening right now well please you know leave a comment as to whether or not the azov battalion is a a neo-nazi battalion or or not, or what um, you know, your personal um, experience has been. Because, like I said, I can only go off what I can read here and what I have been told, and you know what uh, we are being fed in the media. So it's hard to know what is propaganda, what is disinformation, what is in fact uh, genuine, uh, you know, reporting, what is fact, what is truth, and um, you know. All I can say is that uh, I am uh, reassessing my position in order to um, better understand reality and better understand uh, the current state of uh, the world, the current state of the war between Ukraine and Russia, and, um, you know, where we stand. So... With that, I will uh, see you soon.